Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen. And me, Kate Thompson. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> That's how you intro a show. That's how we get awake and introduce a show. <laughs> yeah! We both have one eye closed. <laughs> yeah, this is a tired day, and this it wasn't a even a party sleepy. weekend. No, it was, it was just a work a weekend. weekend. <laughs> dumb. So dumb, but we're so excited to be on here <laughs> yeah. recording for all of you listeners partying out there. Now. Heck yeah, we're partying now. That's right. We have two great stories we're going to go over <laughs> um, in this great issue. Um, but before we jump into those, um, it's been a while, I think, at this point. To return to a little bit, a little segment we like to call, oh boy, email. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you about to say it with me? The segment I thought title? about it for a second, then I was like, it's not going to be, <laughs> with how sleepy we both are, it wouldn't be like a harmony, it would be like a just a discord of, you know, it would be a cacophony of sound. And I it support be, it. Okay. I support it. If you have that, follow your instincts, Kate. Okay. I'll never suppress them again. Never. Never. Uh, great. We got an email, a really nice email. We'll go over it um, from a listener named Mike. Um, Chanson, that's how you, I believe you spell it. Thanks, so. uh, or pronounce it, not spell it. J A N T Z E N. So now everybody can find him. I probably shouldn't have done that, but you know what? We could cut you it can, out. We can cut it out, or you can email us back, Mike, and tell me not put your name out there. Too late. But who too cares? Late. Yeah, too late. Because you can't edit these. Post stalker. But regardless, regardless, it was a really nice email, and here's oh, cool. what he wrote: Hey, Mark and Kate. Wanted to write in and tell you both how much I'm enjoying the podcast. Yay. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. I'm a fairly long-time enjoyer of all things Hellboy and in the extended Mignola-verse and have been collecting the issues for about 13 years. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. You have a great single-issue collection that for I'm real. jealous of. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I also work, have a family, and acquire new comics every week, so finding the time to go back and reread Hellboy provide, proves difficult. For sure. Totally. I This has been a, a good experience for me because I've had these library editions on my shelf for a long time. Some of them, to be honest, have not been cracked open, not because I didn't want to, not because I don't love it, but because I am the same. I'm the same, Matt. I lo- uh, Mike, I like to consume um, new stuff along with what I love. Yeah. And it can, it can get in the way. I can't even imagine having kids on top of that, too. Yeah. Like, like, oh, man. Got to you. Got to do it like our previous. Um, yeah, just uh, read, it to, your read kids. it to your kids. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna encourage that, Mike. Read Hellboy to your children. I'm never gonna read to my kids anything that they want to. It's. It's not. I'm gonna not even gonna present it as an option. That's it's just not gonna even only not, be things I want to read. That's not parenting. You don't ask them what they want. No, you give them what they need. You wait till they're 18, <laughs> then they figure out they don't like what you gave them. Yeah, they resent you forever. <laughs> yeah. And but that's, our segment, my, that's our segment called <laughs> at least I'll get my reading Parenting though. in Hell. Yeah. <laughs> Parenting in Hell. <laughs> uh, and he goes on to say, however, listening to a podcast about other people reading Hellboy for me is much easier. I love the enthusiasm you both have for the character and the mythos that Mignola has created. And even though I've read these books multiple times, I find myself easily caught up, getting caught up in the excitement and passion during your read-throughs as if it's my first time reading them as well. Nice. So thanks for that. 
Yeah, Aww. that's great to hear. Man, yeah. Uh, because I think that was one, that's probably why, I mean, aside from me just wanting to indulge in something I love and talk about it with some, a friend. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what you, that's what I wanted, but yeah. it, uh, it was to express my passion for something. And I'm glad you are enjoying that and you're getting a kick out of it as yeah, well. Yeah, Mike. That's nice. Very nice. And I mean, you're lucky we got Kate, who Kate is, <laughs> yeah. has great input as an artist. And also it's all new to her too. So Yeah, I get to be like wowed by everything. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And I'm lucky because I get to be in the same room with it happening. And then we get yes. to share it with you. All. We're just contagious. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, then Mike says, I also wanted to offer my thoughts on the translation of un 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 oh my gosh I just blah, blah, blah. that's okay un un rama yeah un un rama anang 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 un rama sweet this is a speech <laughs> I'm having a speech therapy that's okay. speech therapy class right here on the podcast <laughs> oh boy it takes me back <laughs> it does yeah um after reading box full of evil i had always been under the impression that it meant destroyer of worlds and that anytime someone said and on his brow a crown they were just quoting what was spoken at the time of his birth in hell i don't recall if it's mentioned again until hellboy in hell when Queen Mabe refers to him as Anung Rama, Unrash An Rama, destroyer of worlds, creator of worlds. Anyway, thought you both might find this interesting. And now that you point that out, you probably are right. I that, thought I think it is upon his crown. Is it? Uh, I thought it was too, but or I'm, upon his brow, a crown of fire, or whatever. Yeah, I thought it was too. Or I think does it it's, change, it's hard. Maybe? I totally get the confusion because it's like they'll say his name. And then they'll and sometimes the translation or sometimes a title like that. Like, I feel like it's like, yeah, it's like saying that it's like saying like, you know, like, like Hellboy medical doctor or something like that. It's like saying his like real name and then his title. Yeah. His title. Like what he's known as like AKA like in like the, like, like the what? Like Khaleesi in Game of Thrones or something like that. Like she has like 50 long titles. Oh, yeah. You know, she has or like, like a whole, Russian literature. Yeah, like a litany of names that like people address them as this or know them as this in different places. Totally. So I think, but I think. I'm like trying to quickly look up it on just one of the wikis. Me too. Because <laughs> I'm like, uh, like, I'm like, I think you're, I'm, uh, I'm, Mike, I just want to be able to say, yes, you're right. Or. Oh, maybe you're not. I don't know. But I get the confusion either way. Like, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. A, they always are, like, addressing him as various things. Um, This, I'm I'm just looking at the Wikipedia thing on him. A well-meaning half-demon whose true name is Anung Unrama, parentheses, and upon his brow is set a crown of flame, end parentheses. Yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting because, and maybe we'll- But it's in, like, quotes as well. Like, I think that's- Meaning to say that this is the translation. Of- yeah, I would assume that. I've always assumed that's the translation as well. Um, but again, we're, we haven't reached sort of the references also that Mike is talking about later on when he's called Destroyer of Worlds, Conqueror of the, of um, what, what did he say? Destroyer of Worlds, Creator of Worlds. So I don't know. Um, unfortunately, I don't know the context of that, just not off of memory as well as we haven't, we're not to that in Hellboy in Hell as of yet, which is a ways away for us. Um, 
But that's very, you got me now thinking. And I'm like, but at, at this point, at least in reading, and even with Box, uh, um, Box Full of Evil, I still always took it as Noon Rama was still the um, a crown laid upon his head. I almost want to. Did you bring my my uh, my library edition back? By the way, is it it's sitting in my in car? car. I'm sorry. I'll go get it. <laughs> oh, that's I, fine. I'm sorry. I I'm gonna. It. Oh, I'm gonna quickly pull up that box full of evil and just see what it looks like for our the translation's sake. Yeah. So um, I pulled it up. <laughs> you got my brain really turning. Uh, like normally, I would be like, "Eh, we'll have listeners." Which you guys, I would love to hear from listeners about this as well. Um. So I pulled up back real quick on the digital version of um, Box Full of Evil. And yeah, I'm saying the moment where there, he's frozen and the little um, a goblin, I believe, um, and, and with the, um, the fairy um, king and the other unnamed character at this point yeah. um, are talking um, to the frozen Hellboy who's under control, and they ask him, they state his name, or they ask, what's his name? He says, Unungrama. That's just words, boy. What do you mean? I don't know. And then he says, Unungrama, period, mm-hmm. world destroyer, period, the great beast, ellipses. And then they chime in as like a quote, and upon his crown is set a crown of fire. And is that who you are? I know, and so forth. I take from that, and again, I, I could be incorrect and somebody can probably, I don't have Mignola here to ask him himself, Yeah, unfortunately. Based on just that visual and the punctuation, I'm seeing it like like Kate, like you were saying, it's sort of just multiple names. Like yeah. how, uh, uh, Cersei? Not Cersei. The yeah, Cersei. Of e- I thought isn't Wait, she? Wait, fuck no. Not Cersei. Uh, <laughs> Cersei's uh, the the queen. Uh, <laughs> the Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Fucking... Khaleesi's like Khaleesi, her... and then the mother of dragons. Whereas like Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah, she has multiple names. I am really ashamed of myself. I have. Wow. You're fine. Um, but I. I mean, unless somebody can show us. I mean, it's a made up language, so I we can't. There's it's not a like made a made up dic- character. There's I'm literally not up. a dick. But you shouldn't be beating yourself up. But even for Hellboy, Mm-mm. it's a made up language. It's not. I don't know. I don't even know. I think it means there's multiple names. I think he's calling him Un Un Rama, the Great Destroyer, and the the be the the Beast. Yeah. Um. I'm seeing them all the so same. So saying like that, comma this, comma yeah, or like period. Yeah, thing. it's like that's your yeah. name. You're this. That's and your you're name. This. this is your other thing, and this is your other thing. And the other guy is in. And why I put it. In, why I think it's a translation of the name is in the punctuation. It's in quotes. Yeah, it's all the others aren't in quotes, so it's not like it's like a translation of what he just said. Whereas when the when the fairy king speaks, it's in quotes. So I take that as of actual translation of something that's priorly said for yeah. some reason yeah. in the use of punctuation. I could be incorrect, Mike, uh, but that's how I'm seeing it. But it's a good thing to get my head really thinking about <laughs> really Hellboy's realized. true name. But that said, email us back if you have more thoughts about it. And other listeners, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. I think it translates to Devin. You just think Hellboy's name is Devin? His real He's name just is Devin. The name of a white boy? Yeah. <laughs> a boring vanilla white boy? <laughs> <laughs> Devin, destroyer of worlds. 
Yeah, but um, <laughs> Mike says, I might have called his name Matt multiple times. I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, he says here, he ends that little getting, he says, anyway, thought you both might find this interesting. As you can tell, we found it we very did. interesting because I had to plunge just down I a plunge just really deep. Uh, but that's great. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Great thoughts. And then he closes out with saying one last thing. It was great hearing you guys mention Scroll Sauce Dribbler, the Instagram account that we um, plugged because he he reached out to us, and the and the and the incredible work that fella does. He inc- I included a picture of the Hellboy stuff he's made for me, a Hellboy which out of his wood, and then some fairies plaque, um, the logo in magnet form, and a magnet of PBRD agent Ted Howard's slash Gal Dinar's um, Hyporian. Hyperborean blade. That um, he has a picture there. Yeah, I'll show it to you. And he says, "Thanks again for the pod, and keep up the great work." Oh, uh, we really thank you. Um, keep I, up the great listening. And that's the image for you, Dude, Kate, that to is see. So awesome! It's really good work that that scroll oh, scroller that's does. So cool. Those magnets. I am very jealous of that Hellboy magnet. Yeah, that Hellboy man is so fucking cool. Awesome. Yeah, I have. We we're, the, we're, the blade we haven't cool. gotten to yet, but it we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, that's it's BP um, BPRD, but good stuff. What were you about to say though, Kate? Oh, just woodworking is cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember like at my community college, there was like a really great woodworking department for some reason, like within the art department, and like they would just make the absolute craziest. Like it was so nice. Love it. Yeah, it looks like magical. You know? Yeah, anybody can work with something that seems to be in so resistant. You yeah. gotta give it to them. Like, I don't know how you finesse that material. I mean, I'm sure it's just a ton of practice and fucking up a bunch of chunks of wood. Probably. Yeah. And but I think these great. fairies were the ones from the movie. Yeah. I think. Yeah. The little two fairies like. or whatever yeah. they were. Totally. Yeah, they eat a bunch of people and then they, and they, they eat all their blow calcium up. or something. Yeah, right? they all, and then they blow up and that. They kill them all. They send some fire through and it knocks Hellboy into the public's eye. Oh, boy. We'll get to that on another episode. Does Hellboy ever like cats in the comic book? If he does, I don't know. That's a good question for the list. They make a big to-do about him liking cats. Yeah, they really. I haven't seen a one cat, I don't think. They do that and also the amount he eats in the movie. I mean, these are all things I really want to say for the movie. But I feel like they're like Guillermo things that I'm like. You you said you read one two pager about him eating pancakes and now you think he eats fucking he eats like trays after tray of pancakes Trough every of day. Noodles. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but that oh, I, I'm turning this rant off. Yeah, okay, <laughs> let's pause it. Let's pause this rant for that episode. I feel like that's gonna be a big old episode. When it I know because there are people that will fight me about hell. Sixteen about, hour all crap and it's boy yeah, fire. and it's not all negative. It's just a rant. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Uh, but great. You still like it. Really, thank you, Mike, for emailing in. Uh, we really appreciate it. All of the other listeners, you can email us at ahcrap, a podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. So we have two issues we're going to be um, covering in this episode. Um, they were actually the two stories, which were the backup stories in um, Box Full of Evil. Yeah. That's where they were from, um, the publication information. Do you have that up, Kate? Yeah, so for um, The Killer in My Skull, it was written by Mike Mignola, but illustrated, the pencils were done by Matt Smith, mm-hmm. and the inks were done by Ryan Souk. And, I mean, for a moment, I didn't even recognize that it was 
a different like I, I didn't like yeah. clock right away that it was a different artist. Yeah, I did not clock it was until I looked at the uh, in the collection I have the BPRD Plague of Frogs one omnibus. Yeah, they give you the credits immediately, and I was like, oh. I guess because like the comics, since they span years and Mignola's style changes a little, I guess I was yeah. like, oh, maybe it's like he's it's changing a little. Like you can kind of see that it's a little different, but it's yes. it a pretty good job at being faithful to Mignola's style. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't feel like a copy, but I was I thought it was Mignola until I knew. Yeah. But I see the differences if you pay attention to it. But I. Yeah, and that said, I mean, then we have Dave Stewart, of course, on colors and letters by Pat Prousseau. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's Scott Alley. Yeah, the edited by Scott Alley as well. Uh, and originally published in Hellboy Box Full of Evil number one as the like backup story for that. Yeah, that is the killer in my skull. Yeah, um, yeah Matt, I'm, I'm shocked to find out, at least according to the wiki, that Matt Smith, he has only drawn this and then the second story we're going to be covering in this episode. Which yeah. is a versus science because his style is so cl- neat, close to Mignola's that I was like, oh, it, it doesn't skip a beat visually for me. Yeah. From the Mignola verse. And I'm curious why he didn't continue to work, do other ones. I'm, I mean, it could be that it's too close. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it's like. But again, sometimes jobs just come and go. It could just be. I mean, like maybe they notice like, hey, your style is similar to this. You could probably do this. But I, yeah. I, yeah. I would be interested to know like what, yeah, what his story is. Yeah, it's very interesting because I feel like comics, I rarely know the behind the scenes of stuff. Yeah. Because like even reading the Marvel Universe uh, or Marvel Universe, the Marvel like unauthorized book, which is a great read. Yeah. Um, I still feel like that gives me so much information, but it's like, a lot of it could be hearsay. Right. It still leaves a lot of questions. And it's like, who's this coming from? And like, why would they be telling the story this way? Yeah. Like, yeah. But it's kind of shit that you'll just never know. Like, You never will. Never you know. just have to appreciate what you got. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sometimes you really want to know the behind the scenes. Yeah. On something you love. Yeah. But we'll never know. Uh, let's let's dive in, Kate, into yeah, the, killer, the killer in my skull. The killer in my skull. Introducing... Lobster Johnson. Yeah, which which he like meant like or I don't know if Mignola wrote this. No, it's not. It's not Mignola because it says the backup to Mike's box full of evil featured the first appearance of Lobster Johnson, a character who became a sudden a uh, sudden favorite among Hellboy fans, and returned to play a significant if not mystifying part in the next big series, Conqueror Worm. Yeah, he plays a big part. Yeah, had there been a BPRD in the '30s, Lobster Johnson would have no doubt been a member. Ryan's work on inks here was the first contribution to a Hellboy comic. Um, cool, cool, Ryan. cool. Wait, Ryan who? Ryan, I don't know. Ryan the... Uh, Ryan Souk, inks. Oh, sorry. Inker. Oh, okay, the doi. Inker. I got... I, a oh, doi. It's all good. I got... I forgot we said his name. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, Matt Smith? Wait, who else? Oh, yeah, Ryan Souk, right there. Um, Cool. So, yeah, any who's... We get a cool, like, establishing shot. New York City, Uptown, 1938. Um, A very, like, one of, I guess, one of New York's more, like, opulent (laughs) buildings here. Like, an old building. Yeah. Well, it's a third. I guess it could be a fucking brand new building. It could be. Probably in the 30s, it's fairly new. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like the penthouse, essentially. Like, the very top of this uh, skyscraper. Um, 
how could this happen? And then you get the killer in my skull and a big, like specific introducing lobster Johnson. Yeah, it has his symbol. There's a lobster yeah, claw symbol. Yeah, a little symbol. lobster claw symbol there. So, like, I guess they knew right from the start they were like, this guy's going to be a big recurring character. Like, it wasn't a matter of, like, fans liked him. It was like, here we go. This is a character now. Yeah, very true. Unless, unless I don't know. I mean, unless somebody out there can tell us if that symbol it was in the original or if it showed up in the reprint. Because I only oh, yeah. have copies of the reprints. I don't, I've never seen the actual issues. That's true. But, I don't but they would do stuff like that on the covers sometimes. Like so I don't really get to see the complete covers unless I'm like looking them up. Like on, on in um in the like hoopla version. Like you know how sometimes they'll write like the like fan, like they'll write like also lobster jo- like for for this one. If you look on the wikia, it's saying also lobster Johnson right on the cover. Yeah, that's true. So that's a and that's on the like originally original published cover for sure. I think so. I guess it was like a bit. I would assume that it was in there. And I'm well. also curious if Lobster Johnson is is sort of his his way of like because in the first seed of destruction we have the torch. Yeah. That. Burn created, but he never returns. And I wonder if this is Mignola's, or like sort of him like wanting that kind of character. Cause you know what I mean? Like setting a precedent for a superhero kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, in his in the Mignola verse. Yeah. Or like this kind of hero. I mean, Lobster Johnson is definitely, from what I remember everything, he is not a cap. Yeah. <laughs> he's a much he's much more of an amalgamation of what you would see in like noir movies. Yeah. I think. Is he like a Batman Daredevil kind of a thing? Yeah, I think he's closer to a Batman little a little like more. Violent? Yeah, from what I remember. But I mean, we get a little bit of that in this story, but so we can continue actually discussing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a big um we got a crime scene, detectives talking to uh the victim's maid, and like somehow this like five hundred pound desk wound up on this guy's head in a locked room with no windows, like and the image is in, is horrifying. Yeah, it's brutal. His head is like crushed, uh, like gone underneath yeah. with this desk with like pools of blood. My dad had a desk like this, so I know how heavy it oh, is. Oh, God. This full thick. <laughs> oh. And I love the detective. It's so, it's so noir. It's so taken right out of what we know is like the yeah those the heart the hard-boiled detectives you can almost hear the like wah, 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 like the kind of like <laughs> i don't know if it's saxophone or clarinet or whatever it is but like you know that kind of yeah, like detective like yeah and there's a part of me that is expecting on top of that music this to be like narrated by him yeah but of course yeah. it's not but it's sort of the feeling a locked room it had yeah yeah that was a t- that was a desk <laughs> i don't know how it got on it, but his head was gone it was gone like a gr- it was gone i tell you it was gone like a grape a grape, <laughs> like a grape. i don't know why i'm trying it was to gone uh, like a grape, grape buster brown and you better believe it <laughs> <laughs> a grape you'd pop into yourself <laughs> in your mouth on a summer today we're killing it <laughs> we're killing it like this desk <laughs> so they're talking they're like ruling out suicide they're like no way and then all of a sudden we get this shadowy figure walk in and this like meek looking scientist figure excuse me we need to examine the body please and like at first they're gonna kick these guys out but then the guy the shadowy figure hands the detective a card that has only lobster johnson's lobster claw logo on it yeah i love it because the detective is like so aggressively like get the hell out of here and as soon as he sees like oh (laughs) holy smokes okay you cops clear out (laughs) 
And then, yes, yeah, so these guys are like examining it. Um, we can assume that this is Lobster Johnson. He's got the lobster card. He's got the lobster shirt. Or yeah, like, you know, like he's like in this crest. cool. He like looks like a character. He looks. I mean, I know he's not Cap, but he does have the feel of like a Captain yeah, America. Yeah, like visually. very old fashioned, like mm-hmm. yeah, or like a looks like the fucking Rocketeer or something almost. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, totally. Just like this kind of like military sort of jacket, get up. Go, go those goggles. Yeah, the <laughs> goggles. He looks very cool. So they're like testing. There's like traces of radiation around the apartment and um like lobster yeah it's like Johnson. the same radiation signature they got somewhere else yeah and they basically inform this detective like other doctors were crushed to death in a similar manner by like furniture in their house all of those guys were in this picture each one of them uh, was uh, each one of the victims was employed at the zinco davis laboratories which we recognize Zinko from yeah comics. yeah and it's interesting that Zinko I mean it's a little like one one sentence of information like Zinko Davis meaning he used to he be, had a partner he had a partner so yeah. it's like ooh, ooh some history there because yeah. when we met him it was only Zinko what happened to Davis man yeah, yeah. Before, like Zinko bought his island and shit <laughs> um yeah so that like that's a cool little like sneak that kind of in there like very subtly yeah very quickly they don't really talk about it after that so yeah, he's like, uh, what's the deal with this weirdo's hair? Like the detective notices this guy. He's the last scientist. So Lobster Johnson is guessing that he is either dead, soon to be dead, or the or the murderer. So um, and I love the end of that is just like, I need to make a call. Yeah, I need to make a call. <laughs> and then for the next page to start Brooklyn, one phone call later, I think is like a nice little like a good transition. Yeah, it's a nice transition. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, I agree. You get the like clothes blown in the wind and stuff. Oh, and that, that I love that image. Yeah. It just gives again it, it's just what I love about comic books this is like and this Matt Smith who I'm like again I'm just very surprised we haven't seen more from him in this world. Like yeah. It's just a great wonderful establishing shot and keeps the tone going and keeps me in that time period of like just the simple thing of like New York with with uh, a clothesline. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I know. I know what era I'm in. Clotheslines and like... Water well, tower. I feel like clotheslines <laughs> and water towers, yeah, are like the the comic symbol for New York. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then, yeah, we have like... You see Stanley Korn kind of like sort of notice something before it happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he just like hears a tussle outside because then instantly Lobster Johnson... Kicks in his doors with a bram. It's, yeah, it's a double door. Yeah, it's insane. just like blows him down with one kick. Um, <laughs> and then they're like, you know, no Miranda rights or anything. Stanley Corn, I accuse you of murders of Dr. Skinner, Wiley, Kent, and Growland. Confess! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that already is setting a crazy tone for Lobster Johnson. He's like a, a little like unhinged. Judge Dredd almost in yeah, my mind. Like yeah, he's, he's like, like there to be. down. Yeah. Judge, it's what is it? Crazy. Was it called when you go in and you're like judge, jury, and, and executioner? executioner? That's what I feel like he's a little bit of yeah, in his like, attitude. Yeah, he's like, come clean right now. Like, yeah. Jesus, who are you? <laughs> and I love the detective behind him. Jigs up, Buster. Yeah. Yeah, right. Come, <laughs> come clean. clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the fucking smoking and everything. Um, so good. And then and like also like I feel like this detective is kind of like reiterating, like, this is Hellboy ish. Like Hellboy's character kind of be- is this detective more than anything. Yeah, very similar. Hellboy's more of a detective than fucking Batman. 
Yeah. He like there spends more time detecting. Yeah, I would agree with that. He spends more time like researching. At least the more in like, the comics we see him more like having to just do re- regular detective work. Yeah, it's cool. I They've mean, I'm that. probably, you know what? I probably don't know. I'm probably just unaware of certain comics where he's like really doing Actually. some like, yeah. Well, I think it's lost too in the in the major scheme of most movies. Yeah. Uh, that's why I love in like Dark Knight, they show him do a little bit of ballistics work. Yeah. Like a detective and yeah. stuff. And I think that it's always interesting to see Batman actually show that because yeah. we've, we've taken so much time and focus on to like, look how he was trained to like be able to fight. But it's like, he has other abilities. Yeah. Like him figuring that shit out is interesting. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it's like fun to, it would be cool to have like a noir-y kind of Batman movie. That would be neat. yeah, that would be good that he to place it, especially in the. I guess we lost a little bit too that like detectives have sort of gone out. If you're trying to keep him modern, I mean, I mean, they're, I mean they I'm not exist. saying they haven't gone out; they exist, but they're just things are not as romanticized. Maybe For what sure. I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, it's not like this like golden age of noir kind of a thing. It would be neat. Yeah, it would be neat, and if maybe there, maybe it is out there. I don't know. Hey, listeners, that's a little cue. <laughs> make that please yeah make it don't make it for don't me. send us a refer or like a a, a reference oh, or like do a, that too, a referral just make it just make one that's all we ask <laughs> um yeah so like so stanley corn is like i don't know what you're talking about like immediately denying it and sweating is, yeah sweating immediately <laughs> hair is fucked up as ever um and Lester Johnson just confronts him like, hey, I know that you were in the, like in charge of this top secret research project at Zinko Davis. Um, I know you got fired and then every member of your team was ended up dead. And he's like, oh, they they fired me, but I didn't try to kill anybody. Um, yeah, he uh, he's more he's like very aggressive right there in that sweaty moment. He's like, those bastards try to screw me in, but I didn't kill anybody. I haven't been out of this apartment for in weeks. Yeah. Trying to present an alibi. And he's all like pale and sallow and sweaty and mm-hmm. has like circles under his eyes. And this, I agree with your, your assessment of Hellboy and the detective being very similar. Cause oh, then, yeah. Because this moment is so joke. funny. It's just, smells like it. Yeah. What's this gizmo? I haven't left this apartment in weeks. <laughs> smells like it. Like, yeah, like just kind of a right back at you. What's this gizmo? Something that I'm like, that would ha- that's how Hellboy would speak in modern times. Yeah, he even kind of has like a big old ch- chin. Like it seems like you know. Yeah, Lobster Johnson probably would be like like they said in the little like brief introduction. He probably would be hanging with Hellboy for he, sure. Yeah, and then so immediately he like this image of this this image of him putting on the gizmo. Yeah. It makes me immediately think of Batman Forever. <laughs> Just that oh, one panel. Because yeah, yeah. it's all green. There's like green coming off of his helmet. And like the energy coming out of it. And shit. I, all I can think of is Jim Carrey as the Riddler putting on his helmet and sucking people's like mind power out. And it's always... Such <laughs> silly movies. It's such I fun. find those movies very entertaining. Oh, you can't deny that Batman Forever is actually entertaining. Yeah. I 100% agree. I think Batman and Robin is garbage. It has entertaining still moments. Still garbage. I still, I still enjoy it. I gotta it's rough. I, I I think I... I like Uma Thurman. I like how really? like, crazy she is. is she, I feel like... I feel like she like gets the tone of what they were what going for. Oh, I think you're right about that. Which is like completely like 60s Batman, but in the 90s. Like 100% yes. just they were, corny and stupid mm-hmm. and colorful. And it's not, you know, it's... It, maybe it's not where Batman was in the '90s comic book wise, so like I'm sure that's what upset a lot of fans. But like, I don't know. Sometimes you just gotta have a fun, stupid movie and like remember what it's all about. 
I think you're right. Yeah. I think that, what's his name? Uh, Schumacher that made it? Yeah. I think he's just, I don't think he's fully committed to what you're saying for me. It's half, I, don't know. I think for me, like, I, that's just my opinion. That's not like yeah. me sitting down with Schumacher and him telling me. It's that um, I feel like there's a there's the camp, but then there's a little bit of, there's moments of too much of it's it's weirdly in a campy world it's taking itself serious and some of his close up shots are just fucking garbage oh yeah yeah them putting it's on their suits a, it's not a he has film. Ash, he has ash it's shots a movie. which does not he's got nipples does, on his suit yeah dude. it doesn't harpen to me adam west it harpens to me of like some weird overly sexualized version that i'm like what are you doing schumacher it's very much like a body like vaudeville kind of like insane <laughs> like it seems more like a fucking burlesque act than yes. anything which maybe which is why i'll I tell like you right it. now i mean i've never been to any of those star wars burlesque shows or any of those no. i mean i'd happily go if someone bought me a ticket yeah i just don't if not gonna come out of my wallet most likely <laughs> but i could happily would watch a batman forever batman robin style totally i want fucking john waters to direct a batman movie (laughs) fuck it like i would that would be fantastic i wish somebody would do like a series like an iconic character because you just saying that of like batman and like like how comics will like there's black and white batman black and white and there's a bunch of other black like or like people will just like They'll do like short runners, yeah, of, of like in like a super stylized kind yeah, of yeah. Like, like they'll like just give them thing. free reign, like hey, you can do anything in this in this world. Yeah, it's just going to be like you're limited to six pages. Yeah, it'd be so fun to take something like in cinema, and they've maybe done this in animation a bit, in animated versions of Batman. Yeah, but it'd be fun to do live action versions of like Batman, and like you're like you can you get like a short film length and give it to John Waters. Give like uh, Kevin Smith, I know is somebody that, that people pine to have do it, yeah. and then um, just other directors. I know when he's popping in my mind who I'd want to do it, but it'd be fun to watch a John Waters like yeah. Batman for like a good fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I, I would, I would love that. I would love that. So, anyways. great ideas coming from this read. <laughs> yeah, right. But anywho, back into the here. back into the Riddler inspired. That's right. Panel. So just Not a little true, flash but. of that. So we, as the reader, see, and it's like that different color to differentiate from this, like what's happening in the present. We're just like seeing this quick flash of like what that gizmo is. Yeah. Um, and Lobster Johnson's kind of laying it all out for, uh, for Stanley Corn and also for us, the reader. That he conducted brain experiments, and then you kept doing it on your own here, on your own brain. I What's love it that. to you? <laughs> <laughs> it's great dialogue. It's so funny. And then, um, yeah, he's saying like you changed your brain so that you could move things and like kill people. And I love, I love just the, specifically what he says here. You've changed your brain. So now you can send brainwave energy out to kill. <laughs> you can't. It's such prove- great sci fi dialogue where I'm like, it's enough to make me go, I get what's going on. Yeah. But it's like the fiction is heavier than the science. Yeah. I it's love like, it. don't, don't overthink this. <laughs> yes. Just know that that's exactly what's going on and then you're fine. And then like uh, the scientist who's like accompanying Lobster Johnson is like, he's trying to do it. Like, you know, detecting <laughs> yeah. on this like, um, oh God, what do you call it? Like they make, um, oh boy. The are you thinking about them like the machines that pick up radiation? Yeah. Oh, uh, I wish I could think what those are called off the top of my head. Now you said it, it's like on the tip of my brain. Um, you get it in Fallout. Yeah, That's what I don't know. <laughs> I know what Fallout is. Never played it. Um, but I um, it's great. 
it's a uh, my god r- r- oh wow this will probably be an edit point <laughs> let's pretend a geiger a geiger, geiger counter yeah it's a geiger it's like yeah it's like a weird it's like a, it looks like a, a box it looks it, like it's funny that he's holding this his little assistant which i forget because the assistant in this issue is does is not named yet yeah he will get a name later on um but uh it's so big. It looks like such a cumbersome. And it it's looks like, like it's made of wood. It, yeah, it looks like it's made of wood. Yeah. And also it has flat sides. Yeah, there's, there's no, no, no handle. Hold it. Yeah. This is like, why the heck? That's just gripping it. Design your stuff better. I guess that, you know, this is as far as science took them so far. So yeah. They're, they're detecting it. He's like, he's trying to do it to you now. There's no use, corn. This device was detect, uh, designed not only to detect your brainwave energy, but to jam it. Your reign of terror is over. Yeah. So he's I love like, that. You can't use your powers right now, basically. Um, and then he says, this is the hint that I think is a little bit of foreshadowing to how, like, what I remember Lobster Johnson being a little, like, how crazy extreme. He's is he's like, surrender yourself to Detective Cooper or face the harsher justice of the lobster's claws. Yeah. It's a good, like. I like his little <laughs> scientist being like, yeah. Like, Yeah. So funny. He just reminds me of like Millhouse in that moment or something. Very Millhouse. Very funny. And he's like, then he's saying, he's like making an argument, you know, that is like a great sort of like surface level villain argument where it's like, my body didn't kill anyone. Like, you don't have laws <laughs> against my mind. Like, you can't constrain my mind. And yeah, like, how long do you think that little machine is going to last kind of a thing? Threatening. And he's like, and Lobster Johnson's like, it doesn't have to work long. You're going to, you're going back to Zinko Davis. And he's like, he's terrified of whatever experiments they were doing in that lab. He's like those, the butchers. Yeah. It's like, that's like messed up. It's like you were an employee and you were like, you're like, you, you have know a, what they did to other people. people yeah. So it's like, Ooh. you know what they're going to, they're just going to chop you up and like put your shit under a microscope. Wow. And then, yeah. So instead of that, he pulls out this little like snub nose pistol and fucking blows his brains out it's insane it's like another it's a great shocking moment yeah wow and like lobster johnson says stop and doesn't quite get to him in time but then once it's all done he's like self-inflicted justice like yeah he's saying like shit like this like it's no wonder he was like a big hit right away right and i love in that same panel where he's saying self-inflicted justice the bolt hole is like Right down the center of his head. Yeah, which is he got wild. It to the, he moved it from the temple to the right in the middle of the forehead. And his hair is like standing straight up, so it looks like even his hair is affected down the middle too. It's a wild image. Yeah, it's so it looks violent. Like a crazy, like exclamation point! Right, yeah. right in the dead center of that um, panel too. Yeah, it's a, it's it's very well framed. It's a cool panel. Yeah, that's great. And then, yeah, so they're still getting detected. Like, they're still detecting it on this, like, little Geiger counter machine kind of thingy. And then this, like, very effective, also very disgusting sound effect of, like, squeak. Yeah. Like, I can't do it. Like, Yeah. Of the fucking slug coming out of his brain, out of his forehead. Yeah, as his eyes are lighting up with that same green that we see saw previously. Yeah, kind of like evil. And it's like because that's like his skull probably cracking open. Yeah, those for that sure. sound effects. And then they're, they're like, ah, like freaking out. <laughs> and then the next, uh, you flip the page and you get 
this green glowing radioactive looking floating brain emerge from his skull with a third eye with a yeah with like this like glowing third eye here and like somehow the body going i am innocent it was always the brain i love that like there's like to me without them getting into it and explaining it i'm like so wait was he actually innocent is he not know that he did all these things and it's really the brain? Whose brain is it then? Who's well, making him Well, I think he maybe talk? enhanced it by doing these experiments. I take it as like sort of a Twilighty Zoney situation yeah. where he did these experiments and he's like, great, I'm getting, I'm going to become great one day. His brain and then he didn't realize he had detached it. Like, what did you say? His brain became its own like yeah, sentient it's own, thing. Exactly. That's what so I think. So silly. And I love it. It's but then so it's silly. like, if you don't have a brain, what do you got? I know the brain's you got been. Another, you can the, still be like, I'm innocent. Me, the body. The brain's been manipulating. Him. Maybe there's more a little slosh of his own brain down there that's like yeah. still working. Or maybe this brain. Say that. The brain. Maybe it's like we're all. Which is all just theories. Maybe like how we they say that we only use a certain percentage of our brain. Uh-huh. Maybe he awoke in that other percentage, and then it became sentient. So now it's it, separating. It, it separated or it took over. The rest, so there's only like, as you said, there's only a small amount that's actually him, and the rest is this new entity. Sweet, I and love it's it. It's far more powerful because it's using the full potential of itself. And he's like making the body continue to use this machine that'll make it stronger and stronger. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And then out of the detective, you get a holy smokes. <laughs> we got boss the spinal cord, which it uses as like this tentacle to like wrap around Lobster Johnson, yeah. grab him, lift him up into the air. Um, he can't, the scientist can't turn the device up any higher because, uh, you know, it might overload, of course, as machines <laughs> yeah. do. Um, yeah. So like from the third eye comes this like blast of energy at Lobster Johnson. Um, just telling him to like n- not shut off the machine, but then he grabs the machine and smashes it into the third eye, which blows up the brain. <laughs> yeah. And then the remnants, the like ploppy remnants of this brain are just smoking on the ground. Um, scientist is like, that worked out. Looks dead, I guess. How am I going to write this up? Don't destroy the evidence and don't tell anyone and be glad you're not me because I've seen worse things than this. <laughs> like, the end. The <laughs> end. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. Well, what a. He- Real heavy, heavy, huh? Like I, I'm expecting if Hellboy was there, he'd be like, he'd like, is he always this way? <laughs> like, yeah, is Lobster Johnson always this serious? <laughs> so funny. It's such a strong, fun ending. Yeah, the whole thing is a delight. Just a crazy character. Like it's, I could see why he was like, why they liked it. Right yeah, away. and it fits, and it's, it fits in this era so perfectly of the 30s. Yeah, it has and this the, crazy dialogue. And even this monster immediately makes me think of like old special effects. Old horror movies monsters. Yeah, yeah like I was sure. I'm trying to think of the ones that were on the Criterion collection that it makes me think of this um very much. They put out a series of a couple and what there's like an I mean I'm 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 on their website as we were finishing up the story, but I'll I'll, I'll try to find it and and bring it back up when we get to the section of where we refer because it's something I immediately thought of when I look at that brain with its big eye. It's so fun. Yeah. Uh, but I'll have to go through their actual collection. Before we move on to the second story, any favorite panels or dialogue? And any final thoughts about the story? I think I really, I mean, you pointed out the like great um, composition of this one where Stanley has the 
bullet hole in his head and it's like directly in the center, like measured in the center. It's like this cool X kind of thing. Or like, I guess pyramid kind of a shape. Um, I That's really cool now that I'm like taking a closer look at that. Um, I think that's probably my favorite panel. Um, and I think my favorite bit of dialogue is that little bit at the end that he's like, I've seen worse things than this. <laughs> but so good. What about you? Um, I think those ones are great too. I mean, um, if I had to pick a favorite, just because I'm going to go with, um, on the omnibus, it's page 91. It's when the actual eye is like zapping Lobster Johnson. Yeah. And I think it's because right there I can fully see that it's an actual eyeball. Like yeah. an actual third eye. Because before it just looks like a glowing globe. So it could be any like supernatural like energy coming from that hole that he shot in his head. Yeah. But right there I'm like, oh no, it's an eye. It's been an eye. There's a third eye. This That's thing's a fucking its own. Eye, it's its own creature. And I and it's just a fun little zap. It's not like maybe the best perfect panel, but I love it. Um, and then I great. think dialogue wise, I gotta go with. Uh, <laughs> I just have to go with Lobster Johnson's intensity, and I think that really when he just like the justice of the lobster's claw. Yeah, that justice of the lobster claws just makes it clear that this guy has such history. And he takes himself so seriously as to like title his own shit. Like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That and I think him just kicking in a door and saying, immediately saying confess. Yeah, screaming at him. <laughs> like we just, it's such a fun character. And again, this is another thing I praise Mignola for is you already have a hard-boiled character, right? Which is Hellboy, which is your lead. Yeah. And then you're expanding the universe. I think anybody could make another, easily make Lobster Johnson into another hard-boiled character, especially if he's from the 30s. Yeah. But he's so unique and different from Hellboy that I'm just like, damn you, Mignola. Yeah, he's like, damn you, you're so He's a so different good. kind of madman. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's less sympathetic. Uh, I think he's like, he doesn't, he doesn't really give you a chance to like fess up too much. He like he literally says to like, you know, he says confess, but he does it by kicking your door down and like, I don't know. He's like a little more aggressive than Hellboy maybe? Oh, hell yeah. I don't think he's... I think he... Just off of this story, I think he's far more aggressive. Yeah. Like, Hellboy, we've seen him break in a door to go kill a vampire, mm -hmm. but we sort of are also in that situation, like, it's a vampire. Yeah. This, it's like... There's this, still, you don't even know if he's the killer yet. Yeah. Yeah. Unless that phone call had something that we didn't hear. Yeah, but, maybe. But even that, like... A detective's gonna roll up and be like, okay, come in and we gotta question you. He's like, nope. I'm yeah. here to make you confess. I'm I mean, we're not taking you anywhere. We're not going downtown. We're going to torture you too at Zinko Labs. Like that's where you're going. <laughs> yeah. So he's, it's, you you said it already, but Kate, but like, it's very clear why this character was immediately a favorite. Yeah. That people would chime up and be like, we want more of him. Yeah. We want more <laughs> of this fucking weirdo. <laughs> He's so good. I like calling him a weirdo. It's he's funny. He's great. Like, he's great. <laughs> it is and then, I mean, in the design, just the choice of a lobster. I don't know where that it's came from, but silly. it's so good. But it feels so Mignola to be like, yeah, lobster claw looks cool and creepy yeah. and it has its Lobsters own have strong texture. Claws. Yeah. <laughs> Clamp ya. It's just a fun shape. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. It's a great, it's a great story. Super fun. Uh, 
a perfect introduction to a new character in this vast universe. Yeah, it's great. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to jump right into Abe Sabian versus Science. Science? Hey, this is Betsy Stover. And I'm Amanda Allen. And we do a podcast called Why Mommy Drinks. Each episode, we have a guest and we all share a story of a time that our kids drove us to drink. Parenting isn't easy, but it sure can be funny. Listen to us on Campfire Media. Why Mommy Drinks. Welcome back to Aw Crap, a Hellboy podcast with your hosts, Mark David Christensen. And Kate Thompson. Um, we are going to jump right into Abe Sabian versus science. Yeah, it was also a backup story to the Hellboy box full of evil, but part two, yes. which was released in September 1999, and also written by Mike Mignola and pencils done by Matt Smith, inks by Mike Mignola for this one, um, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Pat Brousseau, edited by Scott Alley. Uh, yeah, so it is pretty notable for bringing back Roger. Yeah, and I just want to point out real quick, that's cool that, that's how Mike, from what I believe in the history of Mike Mignola's career, that's where he started as an inker. I think yeah. he got into it because he thought it would be easy because it's like trick, because like the, the classic joke of it's tracing, tracing. Yeah. but it's actually, it, he discovered quickly that it was far more than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people don't, which most You're people like don't. finalizing everything. It's like- yeah, and you add, like I just, this is random, I was reading an article, and I believe it was on uh, the comic book resource or CBR, comic mm-hmm. book resource website. And they had an article about breaking down how inking, the inkers are actually what made um, and finalized the look of the thing. Cool. And Grimm was through their, like, each inker is, is the iterations and through the original Fantastic Four went along. Inkers actually changed it as you can look at what they brought to it and eventually the inkers are what made him more rockish actually oh cool and that than what we classically think if of you can when, find that i would love to read that yeah i'll share it with you I'll, yeah I'll pass it along and others check it out at the at cbr.com so. Neat. um yeah it's a cool thing inking it's just everybody chips in it's just you, yeah you can't i mean i know we only really celebrate the creators yeah but god they have a team that makes their stuff come to life yeah, and we have to really appreciate themselves. it yeah. yes yeah. Like everything, pretty much. <laughs> right, yeah. Everybody's got to help with something. Um, and this is no exception. It's And it's so cool. Okay, so a quick title first. No, like, cold open before the title on this one. Mm-hmm. Abe Sapien versus Science, Mignola and Smith. And then a nice, like, full moon over the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense, yeah. headquarters of Fairfield, Connecticut. And we see two scientists... Like kind of like again, bzz, again, yes, sir. Bzz, mm-hmm. You know, no response, doctor. So they're like putting electricity into something. Um, yeah, and, and one of them no seems response. very stern. The mm-hmm. one uh, just sort of looking at whatever they're shocking. Yeah, with a bit of like coldness. The one who's like, you the know, bald one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like it, exactly what you're saying, like cold and being like just crank up the voltage no matter what. Yeah. And then as we turn the page, we see. That it's Roger the homunculus that we met before, um, who's kind of like unconscious and like not even chained, like it just a part of this machinery that yeah. they have him like, you know, hooked up to experimenting on him. 
Um, Looking at this yeah. drawing of Humunculus, it's a great like first panel to introduce him back in. Yeah, I think it's a it's a wonderful panel, but it's the first time I actually look at the way he, um, Roger is drawn that I realize it's not Mignola. Yeah, I don't know why. It's like the even before I could almost see in the um, Lobster Johnson story, I could be like. I could get fooled by that, thinking that's Mignola. For some reason, the way Roger is drawn right here, I'm like, oh, it's not Mignola. Yeah, it's like it's close. still this character, but it's close. Something about the like muscle definition or something. It's mm-hmm. like not quite the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the way he creates a body. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially after like his style has evolved a little bit. Like I think he exaggerates parts, body parts a lot more, and this is almost more more anatomically correct like Mm -hmm. it's not exactly like it's still very stylized of course but it's like the proportions of roger are i think closer to human yeah totally and like mignola really likes to exaggerate that at this point subtly but still to do it yeah he does it all the time totally and then they're kind of like lamenting like oh we didn't we we were trying to basically reanimate this thing but like isn't it amazing that we have this homunculus here um Man's greatest folly realized, uh, talking about like how a, an alchemist was able to create life and science like uh-huh. still hasn't been able to. Um, so, you know, like he's uh, like giving you just a mindset of this scientist who's like, it's like a classic kind of like Dr. Frankenstein way of thinking where he's like, it's incredible that we like have this thing um, kind of not really acknowledging like Roger as a person basically is more of like a subject to be studied and yeah, yeah like he calls it it he calls Roger it the whole time. Yeah. It did live. Uh, it spoke, it reasoned, it murdered and then it sacrificed itself. And like he's, 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 he's calling it magnificent and like admiring for a whole it. Other reason. Just, yeah. It's like, he just wants to crack him open to figure out how I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Versus how can this be just, replicated? And like, um, you know, how can, what can we learn from it? It. Yeah. And then on the next page, it's kind of heartbreaking to see it. it is. Like, before th- you even see like why Abe is so, is so like, uh, hurt by it. Yeah. Hurt by, but it's by like you scene. immediately in this first panel, with Abe peeking out from a hidden corner in the lab, mm-hmm. which I don't, I just think you see it in his eyes. Yeah. It's in beautiful. This in one panel. It's a great expression. You can feel his, his him just taking in everything we just witnessed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just like a little hurt and like, yeah. Think of what it will teach us now. And yeah. So he's like, God, he literally, the doctor says, my God, I can't wait to get in there. Yeah. Oh. I can't wait to get in there. In there, sir. Dissection, Cobb. What else? Yeah. So it's just kind of, like, you know, this other doctor's like, uh, Dr. Cobb is kind of like throwing up alternatives to dissecting. Like, let's him. try it. Let's like, try it more. We can more voltage. Yeah. Like, he's like, don't be ridiculous. This thing's dead. Like, you know, let's just learn, uh, learn what we'll learn with scalpels and microscopes. And then close up on Abe's eye with that phrase repeated scalpels and microscopes. Um, yeah. And then we see on the next panel, just uh, years prior, March 2nd, 1979. Um, and we see young versions of these doctors with like mutton chops. And, yeah. The, the slightly calm. more hair for, uh, <laughs> for uh, Dr. Riddell. Um, 
doing the same exact thing to Abe, like trying yeah. to trying to stimulate Abe into waking up because they found him under, you know, in the Pentagon basement. Was it or the whatever. Pentagon or was it just a hospital I in New was, York? I thought it was the but it, underneath yeah. the Pentagon. I, I really sure. can't remember. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Um, but I mean, I can check and see how wrong I am. Uh, there's always that possibility. We got we got we got emailers that will take care <laughs> yeah, of that. Let us know. <laughs> and then um uh yeah, so the doctor this doctor is quick to be like, you know what? You know, he's not waking up. We better uh <laughs> immediately better chop him up into little bits, better chop him up like deli meat. Yeah. Um prepare the subject for dissection. Um he's like, dude, we didn't even try electrical stimulation, you know, like uh all right, we'll give it one more chance. We'll give it we'll give it, we'll try it once. And then, and he then says, scalpels and microscopes, Mr. Cobb. That's how we learn things. Ugh. So yeah. before we continue with the rest of this, I will make the argument, and I don't think it's a ripoff, but I will make the argument that this I think that this very story that we're reading right now could possibly could have been the seed that made Guillermo del Toro make the shape of water. Maybe. Yeah. Cause I think it almost is. I it's not identical in the sense that I think it's theft or plagiarism. No, I just think he had, if he read Hellboy in, in prep to make the, his first movie and it's there's no way this didn't come across. Boys. Yeah. There's no way this didn't come across. I'm sure the story resonated with him. And so I look at it and it's like the same. It's like you have two people, one that treats the, the creature like you're just a thing. Well, I want I can't wait to open you up. The other doctor in shape of things is like, no, this is a marvelous thing. We need to like appreciate it. And and then, you know, and then it becomes its own thing. Yeah. But I kept going like, this is the seed. He, he read could this. have very much been inspired by this, I think. Yeah, and I, I would and say I that's say, not a huge leap. I don't think it is either. Say. I think that's and I say seed because I don't think he like, Pulled it out. I was like, I'm going to make this right, into a my movie. Right, version of this, yeah. I think it's just, you read that, and somewhere at some point, it, it planted in your head, and, and it's with you the whole time. And he always was saying how he already liked, like, Abe. Creature from oh, yeah, Black and Lagoon Black and stuff, too. Like, like, and yeah, and liked Abe. Like, he, it that imagery is, draws him. So, um, yeah, that would make total sense. I love Abe's expression in the tank, too. Like, he looks pained. Yeah. Like he looks, he's a, he's probably unconscious or at least unable to move or speak, but it, he's got an expression of uh, like anguish in there. Totally. And it's really like, oh, it's really good. And then cuts back to now we see, you know, the doctors <laughs> are still talking about themselves. Abe is just hiding behind this like little wall. I um, almost thought in this three panels at the top of the page that the other doctor saw, that Cobb saw Possibly, yeah, because he was like, want, he was like, wait, 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 like very hesitant to start. So this is like maybe his last, like even if, if he might have seen Abe and like wanted, wants to give him a crack at the, like the homunculus in the lab, or he, even if he didn't see Abe, it's just like a last dish effort to be like, let's just wait. Let's take a for break. A little bit. Yeah. Maybe I can convince him otherwise if we take a break. Yeah. yeah. So he like he's like Dr. Goodell, we we should you know go eat food basically. Let's go eat lunch. <laughs> His response is just funny, like it's almost villainesque, even in the way he's like, yeah, hmm, hmm, I don't see why not. Yeah, <laughs> and also funny. I I do hate to operate on an empty stomach. Yeah, <laughs> like this is like work for him, you know. Like he doesn't nothing turns his stomach when he's like yeah. operating on somebody. Which I guess, like, you know, if you're a doctor, maybe that's how you have to be, but... But he has, he's, like, a, a doctor that's lost his heart. Yeah, he's got no sympathy for this thing. 
for this thing for Roger. Roger. He's proven himself. Yeah, totally. And then, yeah. So as, as soon as they're gone, Abe's coming out, he's talking right to Roger and starts with, Hey, well friend, you know, so he's coming at him in a very different light. Would never, (sighs) would never call him it. God bless you. Yeah. He would never call it. it. I mean, he's, and I love how he just says like, well friend, then Hellboy says your name is Roger and that you're okay. So he so trusts Hellboy. Yeah, he trusts right like away. his instinct. Yeah, yeah. He like knows Hellboy wouldn't lie about that. Um, and all I know, if it wasn't for you, Liz Sherman would be dead and buried. So at the very least, we owe you for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat that dialogue. You're so allergic can... to Abe Sapien. Yeah. So he's saying, you know, uh, all I know is that if it wasn't for you, Liz Sherman would be dead and buried now. So, uh, so they owe him for that at least, and. So, like, he feels compelled, not just because, you know, he's saying, like, oh, you saved Liz and Hellboy likes you. But, like, of course, also, it's because you can see yourself in Roger. So Abe's looking around at the at the lab. This part, I and sometimes just one panel make me think of the most random thing. What? So this one panel in this story says, like, when he's just looking at the um, right before he starts actually touching the controls yeah when he's like let's see disengage breakers all i immediately thought of (laughs) is a little bit of han solo when they get into the in the original star wars oh when him and chewie are in in the the, up in the like confined like the prison cells yeah and he's like trying to run like (laughs) they had like a couple attacks and then he's like they call him like hey what's going on up there and he's like uh yeah, uh, everything's fine. Everything's, everything's good. good. All good. <laughs> and then he shoots it. Yeah. For some so reason, funny. it's like I feel a little bit of like humor and like uh, of him how Han is like stumbling through that. And yeah, being in to, a little over his head and being yeah. like, "It's um, yeah, everything's good." <laughs> and I feel like Abe is a little bit like he's full of heart, but he's also like, "Okay, um, disengage breakers. I guess I'll disengage breakers. <laughs> Reroute." Abe might be a little more qualified. He's like sort of like, he's like, I guess this is probably it. And then, yeah, I hope that's right. This isn't really what I do. Like he's he's super smart, but he's like not, this isn't his area of expertise necessarily. So he's like just taking a crack at it, click something, the electricity in the building, like all the lights blow out and this like knocks Abe backwards. Hey, what happened to the lights? Like from outside, we hear you know, somebody, <laughs> just some other worker being like, "Huh, huh? What? Oh, lights went out. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, that guy's on, that guy's on a, in a on a toilet. Yeah, right. He's like, ah, crap. <laughs> oh, oh, crap. The Hellboy boy. Well, I was reading on the bat in the bathroom. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the scientists barge back in. What the hell is this? What are you doing here? Like screaming at Abe. Um, you know, but Cobb in- is like, hold on, Randall. Yeah. You're interfering with a delicate scientific experiment. So, like, again, like, not acknowledging the humanity of this yeah. uh, being. Um, but then we see... Abe's expression, too, to that is just so, like, I have... I don't yeah, care. He's like, I'm, I'm trying. Like He's, like, just disregarding him. He's, like... He's, like... It almost looks like he pities this doctor. He's, like... Yeah. You can't see, like, you're... What's the matter with you? Yeah, totally. And then um, it's such great facial expressions. Yeah, this whole, this issue whole issue has. Issue, yeah. You and see then, so much off of Abe and he's yeah, it's amazing. And he's usually like quite stoic, I think. Like mm-hmm. even if he's like feeling something, he's like pretty, he keeps it together. But he like, yeah, this like gets to him. And then, yeah, the next page you see he's alive. Um, 
uh, quick call security. We have to contain it before. So he's still calling it it. He's still, or he's still calling Roger it and everything. Um, and they're just like, leave him be doctor. Uh, and then Roger speaks doctor. Uh, hello. And then he reaches out his hand to like wave. Hello, basically to like greet. them. Yeah. It's like a, such a fun, interesting final panel to go yeah. on of him. Just sort of greeting like any, like an old chum. Yeah. <laughs> doctor. It's like very much like, yeah, just a, like, hi, hi. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm here. Right. Acknowledge, <laughs> acknowledge that I'm like a sentient being, basically. I love it. And I love at the very, how it just says, it has not really the end in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. It's cool. The doctor, too, like, Rondell looks very, like, shamed in the last, like, panel of him. He does. He looks yeah, like, he's oh. like Oh, I fucked up. Or or he's just mad. He's like, yeah, I don't get I to cut anything cut him open. open. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be one of the I other. To or a see bit what was inside that guy. <laughs> now yeah. I don't get to do Sorry, it. Sorry, Rondell. Go back to. Maybe that's all he always waits. Maybe he has doesn't get to work on other cool stuff unless yeah. the creature comes in like this. But that's a fun. That's a cool little like read that really reintroduces a character that we yeah reintroduces. We easily could have presumed and- he was gone. From the universe. Yeah. And it gives depth to Abe. Like, it's Oh, great depth. We had a little with his care for Liz, but this even goes further. For sure. I think that his... Yeah, I think his, like... I mean, he's got a lot of great facial expressions. Probably my favorite one is this cool one when he's in the tube, like this bottom um, horizontal panel. Yeah. Where his, like, face is kind of like... His, like, brow's almost furrowed. Like, he's kind of has this... Um, yeah, like pained expression on his face. I think that's pretty, it's a really effective panel for me. Yeah, and I think it, it lets, it causes you to to have empathy for him. And Yeah. I agree. It's cool. And then, yeah, I guess like lines-wise. I mean, yeah, yeah, if there is any. I guess like well-friend, like that whole like Abe's like speaking to him as a, as a friend right off the bat. Yeah, totally. I think it's neat. It's like a cool thing to characterize Abe more too. What about you? Is there anything like hop? I think it's that him. It's all. I mean, I just want to highlight every Abe Sabian expression in this. But I think I love the first time we see Abe. I think that panel's my absolute favorite of the story. Yeah, I just think there's such determined. Like one, he's. You just feel such determination off that look. Yeah. Of like, I'm not going to stand for this anymore. Yeah. But he's also like, I I know how to do it. I got to wait for my moment. So he waits for them. But it's just like, he's so determined and and under. Yeah. I love it. I love that look, that first look off of Abe. It's great. And just look, I mean, yeah, you could line up all of these and it's, you could have one of those t-shirts that says like the mini, the mini faces of Abe's Abian. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Off of this issue. Yeah. He's so much, he's so expressive in this in this uh, issue. It's really cool. Yeah. And there's just, I don't know if I have a favorite dialogue cause it's a pretty like straightforward. There's not really yeah, a hellboy no kinda... or, or any, like there's not really really humor in this one so much. Yeah. Um, but I just, that last panel of Roger, the, the, the first, the bringing Roger back is just such fun. And we don't, we yet to know what's in store, but it's an exciting way to end with him just saying hi. It's like he's saying hi to the characters, but he's really saying hi to us as the readers too. Yeah. And fans of the Mignola verse and Hellboy of like, hi, 
I'm I'm back. Yeah. We're hey, gonna, yeah. We're gonna have that's a, we're true. Gonna, we're gonna have some adventures together. <laughs> right. I didn't go away. Hello. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's exciting. Yeah. Because he's gonna and be it gives he's him gonna a be a main player. To be like, well, like, how come he hasn't been in these other issues? Like, where's it? What's he been doing? It's like, oh, he's been getting experimented on for this time. Yeah, that's so cool. Again, yeah. I mean. Mignola has such instincts, same with like the way he created Lobster Johnson and then now making the choice of him being variation off of Hellboy, not the same as Hard Boiled. And now we're bringing him to have the instinct to, and it could have been him discussing it with his other creators or like his editor, Scott Alley, but him to have the instinct to go, no, we need to bring Roger back and make him a main character is such a cool choice. Yeah. And I think it pays off dividends down the line. Cool. But it's it's just again, he he constantly surprises me how cool of a creator he is and how surprising and fresh and unique. These are old of course now, but yeah. he's just so f- fresh is the I hate that word. I can't think of the word. I'm like he just has a unique way of telling stories and the choices yeah. he makes. Yeah. That God just rereading them it, it gets you excited again. I agree. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, that's it. I don't really. (laughs) (laughs) We Uh, like them. We like them. Great. Uh, We want to hear from you guys, the listeners, about these two stories. So, again, please um, email us at ahcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com, as well as you can check us out on Instagram at ahcrapahellboypodcast or Twitter at ahcraphellboypodcast. Feel free to reach out there, but email is preferred because we love even uh, reading your emails yeah. on this on the pod. Um, any um, suggestions or um, of read see or what read watch or see? Yeah, I guess. The, well, this makes me think of watch and see are the same thing. That's funny. <laughs> I didn't catch that until now. <laughs> read, watch, see. Not going to change it. See, just like one piece of art. Um, <laughs> yeah. The killer in my skull made me think of the movie Matinee. Do you remember that with John Goodman? And like, I do remember a little of it. It's a giant ant movie. That yeah, it's, it's that's been a long I'm... time since I've seen it, but just the campiness of it made me think of it. And right. now, like, I want to watch it. So if you guys remember that movie and want to watch, I feel like I'm gonna like try to see that at some point today. And then that's it also awesome. makes me think of like the Abe versus Science one. Makes me think of like, have you ever heard the Milgram experiment where it's like. Um, it was like a test that where they gave somebody like a dial and you could electrocute somebody else like a stranger. And it was basically a test to see how obedient somebody would be. Like you were instructed to give them more and more electricity. And like, so people like, they just would see like how far people would go. Um, it's pretty crazy. That is crazy. So read that's, about that. If that's what Abe Sapien vs. Science made me think of, for whoa. sure. You're making me think of like I've never saw the movie, but I read the whole article about it. That that there's a movie called Compliance. Yeah. Where a guy would call up and tell people to say he's calling from corporate. If you, I don't want to get into the details, he 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 caused a lot of like sexual abuse to happen. Yeah. At this one place, like, Gee, is it based on something real or? Yes, it like, it's a real. It's an shit. actual thing that occurred. It's it's a very dark read. The movie's called Compliance. I don't know what the, it's. He used to call up and tell people, and there, and one occurred where he locked. He got these employees to like lock people in the back room and stuff, all off the idea that these. He's a guy that's above them. He's an authority figure. It's crazy. Holy shit! It's a lot of it's from 2012. 
Yeah, that's the movie, but I don't. They are. I don't. I can't remember when the actual incidents occurred. You just made me remember they, these stories. Didn't really remind that's me. Crazy. You reminded me of that. Yeah, it's a disturbing read. Uh, it shows you, you know, just the dark parts of our humanity. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Lobster Johnson, so fun. It made me immediately think of this movie I pulled up on Criterion Collection called The Atomic Submarine. Just because of its cover with a big eyeball creature. <laughs> it's really a silly old black and white sci-fi, um, like, scary movie. Check it out. Um, I don't remember much about it. It's really campy is all I remember because it's it from, like, 59. Great. So yeah. it's a good watch. It's fun. You might even, if you're if you're into that, check out, you know, some of those other old, like, ones like The Blob. The original Blob, it's very slow and very boring. Yeah. But it's a fun watch. And then if you go from there to the 80s one, it's really, it's a, a good treat to watch. That sounds fun. Um, And then I don't know for anybody, you've already said, I think Shape of Water, if you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. I do think it's a it's a great watch. It was, a, I highly enjoyed that movie. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I don't think I had anything else stirred up. No, it's um, For me, those are my um, suggestions to our listeners. Um, again, we'd love to hear from you and please go on to Apple podcasts or wherever your podcast and rate and review, uh, bring more listeners. So we have a little small community here. Yeah. Um, but with that said, we're out of here until next week. Adios and Do you like Christmas? Uh-huh. Do you like Christmas movies, good or bad? Yeah. Do you like podcasts? Yes. Do you want a podcast that reviews awesome Christmas movies that a lot of people think that are bad? Yes! Well, Ross, you're you're in this podcast. Wait, what? Yeah, you're co-hosting this podcast with me, Jackie. <gasps> Let's do it! And we have special guests. It's called Most Wonderful Pod of the Year, brought to you by Campfire Media. Oh, I love it. So you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I'm going right now. Here's my phone. Merry Christmas. Let's oh, ring in the hello. holiday. Campfire.